to the RPC Sermons Podcast. You can join us for virtual worship every Sunday at roswellpress.org. Thanks for listening. Well, welcome again to Roswell Presbyterian Church. It's so good to be in worship with you. This morning, I want to remind you again that next Sunday, July 2nd, we have one worship service at 10 a.m. up in the sanctuary. It's going to be a great time. I invite you to come to that. I also want you to know that we are calling for submissions from all of our artists for our fall sermon series. It's going to be on the fruits of the spirit. We're hoping to line up this hallway with all this visual art. Uh, we've done this the past couple of years. It's been a great opportunity to engage the artists, to get, allow them to display uh, and get kind of their interpretations on the, the sermon series and the themes we're going to be exploring. So if you're an artist, you feel called to that, go to roswellpress.org. You can submit your artwork uh, there and there's more information. Also at Roswell Press, there's information that we are collecting backpacks and school supplies for North Fulton Community Charities and the Children's Development Academy here in Roswell. And this is going to go to, uh, to kids who need uh, school supplies and backpacks as they head back to school in August. Uh, the information about where and when to do drop-offs, again, is at roswellpress.org. Today we're going to look at the Disney, Disney Pixar movie, Cars, along with Proverbs 19, verse 2. So let us open our hearts, our minds, and our ears for the word of the Lord. Desire without knowledge is not good. And one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray. Gracious, loving God, we ask that you might be our teacher in the next few moments. That we might hear a word from you that only you can speak. Lord, unfortunately, this is the kind of topic that those of us who really need to hear it may miss out on. And so I pray you might wake us up to your spirit, Lord, that might speak in the stillness of our hearts. Now may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Have you, have you ever moved too hurriedly that you missed the way. A few years ago, my sister-in-law was driving from the beach at St. Simon's back to Atlanta. She and her college boyfriend were in the car. Poor guy. They had a timeline to get back to the Atlanta airport so he could catch his flight. And they were driving down I-95 with the, the wind in their hair. Two young people in love, or at least in like. And my sister-in-law is a huge music fan. That's one of the things we've bonded over. She's the DJ, and she's got her playlist going. They're just rocking out, just having a great time. Now, keep in mind, Courtney and I were back in Atlanta, in Roswell, slaving away. We were older. We had, we had to work. We were on our grind, and we were, you know, like a little annoyed and irritated as only younger siblings can make you, that they didn't have to work. They were just driving around. And Courtney and I are texting each other back and forth about this. And then Courtney goes dark. And some, I figured somebody must have called. Someone did call. Courtney's sister called her. 
And she says to Courtney, Court, I think I'm in trouble. Courtney says, yeah? She says, I don't know where I am, but I just saw a sign for Bluffton, South Carolina. Now, if you know geography in Georgia, getting from St. Simons to Atlanta usually does not involve Bluffton, South Carolina. She was moving too hurriedly. Maybe it was the music, maybe it was the wind in her hair, maybe it was her boyfriend at the time. She was moving too hurriedly that she missed the way. Proverbs points out a truth I think we all probably know too well. One who, miss, one who moves too hurriedly misses the way. How many of us are moving so hurriedly that we miss the way? We move so hurriedly to get our kids out of the house that we move too hurriedly to enjoy the joys of childhood. Some of us move too hurriedly to get married that we miss the enjoyment of dating. Some of us move so hurriedly to retire that we miss the joy of our jobs. We move so hurriedly to get to our destination that we forget to enjoy the journey. We can move so hurriedly that we miss the way. Our Disney movie this week is Cars. Our protagonist is named Lightning McQueen. He's a rookie race car. He's been winning races, stealing headlines. He's talented and he knows it. And it's come to the end of the season, the final race, the Dinoco 400. This will decide the winner of the Piston Cup. His main rivals are the seven-time champion, Strip the King Weathers, and the consistent runner-up, Chick Hicks, who often has to cheat to get ahead. Because of some shady shenanigans that I can't go into this morning, in the Dynaco 400, it ends with a three-way tie between Hicks, Weathers, and McQueen. And the tiebreaker is set. It's going to be a race at Los Angeles International Speedway. Lightning McQueen wants to get to L.A. as fast as possible so he can win the race and win the Piston Cup. He will be the first rookie to ever win the Piston Cup. And in his haste to get to L.A. as fast as possible, he wants his driver, Mac, who's driving the trailer that McQueen will ride in. He wants him to drive through the night to L.A. Well, Mac gets tired, comes sleepy, falls asleep, and when he's awakened, he hits a lever, and the back door to the trailer opens up. And while Lightning McQueen is asleep, he rolls out of the trailer on to the barren stretch of road. And he finds himself in Radiator Springs by himself. Mac has continued to drive on. Didn't realize what had happened. And for most of us who wrestle with hurry in our lives, we all come to a point where life will slow us down, where the back door opens to our lives and we crash onto the road and find ourselves in a place we weren't expecting. And we have to slow down. And the question becomes, 
Will we slow down? Will we learn what we need to learn in that moment? Or will we just rev right back up and start hurrying again? Wouldn't you agree with me? In our culture, people love to be in a hurry. We love to be busy. Because to be busy is to be important. When you ask somebody, how are you doing? I I bet 75% of the time people say, busy. How are you doing? Busy. When was the last time you asked somebody, how are you doing? And they said, oh, not been up to much. How, How many times did they say, oh, how am I doing? Well, life has been so calm and slow. I feel like a lily pad in a Monet painting. People say, I'm busy because our busyness signifies that we're important. It says, people are in need of my services. People can't live without me. I am the man. The great philosopher, theologian, and spiritual writer started an organization called Renovare that was targeted and whose mission was to cult, help people cultivate their spiritual life. His name was Dallas Willard. Dallas wrote this. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. There is nothing else. Let me read that again. Hurry is the great enemy of the spiritual life in our day. You must ruthlessly eliminate hurry from your life. There is nothing else. It's a pretty powerful statement. Hurry and busyness get in get in the way of us cultivating a rich spiritual life. I'm reminded of that story in the Gospel of Luke where Jesus visits two friends who happen to be sisters, Mary and Martha. And they're busy getting ready for this famous rabbi's arrival. Get the matzah bread ready. Make sure we get the best man of Shevitz. Beautiful cheese plate. He'll love it. But then Jesus shows up Mary throws down her towel and she goes and she sits with Jesus and talks with him. And her sister Martha's back in the kitchen, furious. I can identify. Why are you helping me out? This work is not going to get done by itself. Who does she think she is? So she goes over to Jesus. Jesus, would you tell her to come help me? Love your sister as you love yourself, right? Come help me in the kitchen. And then Jesus says something we're not expecting. He surprises us. He says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. Martha, Martha, you are worried and distracted by many things. There is need of only one thing. You can be busy and distracted, but there is need of only one thing. Can you be present to God in your life right now, in this moment, at this time, and in this place? Or are you so busy getting things done, getting to your destination, that you fail to enjoy the journey, to pay attention to what God is doing in your life along the way? In his hurriedness, Lightning McQueen becomes isolated. He's pushed everyone away because of his own ambition, his own drive. 
He's all about himself and his own accomplishments. He's fired three crew chiefs. At the end of the first race, his pit crew quits on him. When they give him 20 tickets to the next race for friends, he doesn't have any friends to give them to. He thinks he's too good for his sponsor, Rust Easy Bumper Ointment. <laughs> he's used ambition and drive to justify all of this, to justify everything he does. But now he's isolated and he's lost there in a barren town of Radiator Springs. What will lightning do? Will he take advantage of this opportunity to wake up to his life, maybe to a deeper purpose? Or will he just move on to the next thing? You know, in our spiritual tradition, God has given us several spiritual practices to practice to slow ourselves down. During communion, we're gonna take up an offering and tithes. Sure, they go to help run the budget of the church. Thank you for giving. But it's not just for the church, it's for you. It's a reminder that your wealth, your belongings, are not the most important thing in your life, that it's important to be generous. Makes you a fuller, richer, deeper, more loving person. God calls us to serve. It's a reminder that life is not just about us, but it's about service to others. We're called to practice a Sabbath one day a week, to slow down, to not be busy, to set work aside, to reevaluate, reassess our lives, focus in on what's most important. These are all practices that we need to continue. We need to cultivate if we're going to continue our spiritual search. Now, I don't know how many times I've told you many, but the first book my wife ever gave to me was The Movie Goer by the Southern Catholic writer Walker Percy. Percy was living in New Orleans, who wrote the book. It was, the, it was his first book. It actually won the National Book Award. He was a Southern Catholic writer. And the movie goer is set in New Orleans. It's about a stockbroker, young stockbroker named Binks Bowling. The book says he spends most of his time flirting with secretaries and going to movies. He doesn't think much about his life. But Binks's 30th birthday is approaching, and he begins to wake up. Now, I go, oh, 30? How quaint. <laughs> but he looks around at people and he notices that people are sleepwalking through life. They don't think about what really matters, what the life is really about. They're sleepwalking. And Binks begins to wake up to his life and he wakes up to what he calls the search. And my favorite line in the book is this. Binks says, the search is what anyone would undertake if he were not sunk in the everydayness of his own life. To become aware of the possibility of the search is to be on to something. Not to be on to something is to be in despair. I want to read that again. The search is what anyone would undertake if he were not sunk in the everydayness of his own life. To become aware of the possibility of the search is to be on to something. Not to be onto something is to be in despair. Percy is saying through Binks, modern people are mostly asleep in their lives. Oh, sure, we're busy, we're in a hurry, but usually we're just sleepwalking. We're busy paying bills, surfing the internet, 
going to movies, reading the news, but we rarely pay attention. We are sunk in everydayness, and we are waiting for someone to wake us up. Wake us up to the search. And one of the reasons I love the movie Goer is because it's kind of the narrative depiction or the embodiment of an idea that the Danish theologian and philosopher Soren Kierkegaard wrote. This is why the epigraph to the book begins with this line from Kierkegaard. It says this, The specific character of despair is precisely this. It is unaware of being despair. Did you get that? You have to think about that for a second, which is kind of the point. The specific character of despair is precisely this. It is unaware of being despair. True despair is not recognizing you're in despair. That's despair. Why are you in despair? Because you need healing. You need to be woken up, but you don't know that you need healing. You don't know you've got a problem because you're sleepwalking. This reminds me of John Mulaney's new stand-up comedy show, Baby J. John's a famous comedian. You know, he's done a bunch of Netflix specials. And this one is about, it's a special one. He talks about his search for sobriety. The first part of the special is focused in on his intervention by his group of friends. They set an appointment with John at his apartment there in New York City. He doesn't really care about it. He shows up two hours late. He was too busy going, scoring drugs from his drug dealer, goes by the Saturday Night Live offices, gets his hair cut. Shows up two hours late. He's clearly not taking this meeting seriously. When he finally does arrive and he sees it's an intervention, he takes note of, of how many celebrities are there. When he goes to rehab, he begins to brag with the other patients there in the rehab facility, how many celebrities were at your intervention? That's despair. That's despair of not recognizing that the thing that is killing you, the addiction that is killing you, is killing you. You have to wake up to it. Who cares about the celebrities? Care about what's most important in life. Wake up. When Lightning McQueen arrives in Radiator Springs, he slows down enough to make some eccentric friends. Mater, the old-fashioned truck who claims to be the backward-driving world champion. He takes McQueen as his best friend. He annoys McQueen to no end. But he loves McQueen just because. Ramon, who is constantly painting and repainting his car, brings entertainment. His wife, Flo, he falls in love with Sally, brings love to his life. These new friends slow Lightning McQueen down. They show him what should really matter in his life. McQueen, I think, could have put on the country band Alabama on his playlist. Their song, I'm in a hurry. I'm in a hurry to get things done. Oh, I rush and rush until life's no fun. All I really got to do is live and die. But I'm in a hurry and don't know why. It's no surprise that the tagline for cars is life's a journey, enjoy the trip. Because one who moves hurriedly misses the way. Will we slow down to enjoy our lives? Will we slow down to miss the way? Oftentimes, in my preparation 
for a sermon. I'll go back through my notes and I'll try to see if I'd ever preached on that text or that theme before. See if there might be wisdom from the past that I could use. And as I was preparing for today's sermon, I made a surprising discovery. I preached on the theme of busyness on January 5th. 2020. My text was Luke 10, 38 through 42, the story about Mary and Martha. At the end of the sermon, I quoted from Psalm 46, be still and know that I am God. I put up notes so you know I didn't make this up. (laughs) Then I asked the congregation a question I had no idea how it would be answered. Why not make 2020 a year where you listen clearly? Take time every day to slow down and pray. Take time to spend with friends and family, deepening your relationship. Plan family dinners with the TV and cell phones are turned off. I did not add Preach sermons from the backyard with your cell phone balancing on tomato cans. I did not learn, write, learn what Zoom is and spend precious moments of your life staring at 16 squares. Oh, God has a sense of humor. What if I would have known then what I know now? I had no idea how God would slow us down. But I learned over those months to pay attention to my family, to my friends, to the world, to God. But oh, how life has sped back up. I need to remember, one who moves hurriedly misses the way. Let's pray. Gracious and loving God, we pray that we might not move too hurriedly that we might slow down, pay attention to our lives so we do not miss the way, that we follow in the way of your son, Jesus, Lord, who will lead us to spiritual depths. Couldn't imagine a richness in our life, in our relationships, and the things that really matter. In your name we pray, amen. been listening to the RPC Sermons Podcast. Please let us know you're here by visiting roswellpress.org and signing our digital friendship register. May the grace and love of God be with you today and throughout the rest of your week. Thanks for listening.